All right, welcome. Welcome back to the QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and give you the inside access other shows can't. This week, I'm joined by Dennis Smith Jr. We chat about his season and the emotions he's dealt with while sitting out injured, what it's like to finally play alongside LaMelo Ball after all the anticipation, what he enjoys most about playing for Coach Steve Clifford, plus his goals for the rest of the season, and more. So are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Stop me if you've heard this before over the last few months. The Hornets have yet another injury to deal with, and it involves one of their top players. I'm sure you heard <laughs> that phrase or something there within over these last few months because it seems to happen almost on a daily basis. So in case you're under a rock or somewhere on planet Zatox or whatever you want to call it, the mellow ball sprained his ankle in the Hornets win over the Rockets in Houston on Wednesday night. And although it didn't look good initially, the way he had to be helped off with trainer Joe Sharp, um, just just it didn't didn't look very good at all. So to see that, and then for me to talk to him after the game in the locker room and kind of see where he was at physically and mentally was two different scenarios really because it looked really bad out there the way he was hobbling. But after the game, he seemed to be in decent spirits. Now, again, what that means, we'll have to wait and see until we actually have designations for injuries beginning on Friday afternoon, going into the game against the Hawks on Saturday. But at early indications, it doesn't appear that if he does miss time, that it won't be lengthy the way it was the first two times this season when he hurt his ankle in the preseason against the Wizards and then retweaked it again when he came home in his, in his home debut um, after being out for a while against the Pacers and had to sit out again. So if you're a Hornets fan, you know, LaMelo is basically the, the reason you're probably paying to to go see these games or, or watch them on TV. So, um well, something obviously to monitor his his progress and just where he's at health wise, but man, just been a rough season for ankles for him. He has three sprained ankles. You know, if you want to throw in Terry Rozier, he has sprained ankle. Um, Nick Richards had a sprained ankle. Um, there's been a lot of ankle sprains. It appears uh, Mark Williams had a sprained ankle. A lot of sprained ankles this, this season for the Hornets. Um, but either way, it's just one more injury to add to a laundry list of them for the Hornets this season, which is again why their record is why, you know, where it is and why they are, you know, staring at only 12 wins and, you know, 34 losses going into their matchup with the Hawks in Atlanta on Saturday. You know, Gordon Haywood uh, has missed the last basically two plus weeks um, 
with a sore, you know, hamstring injury that he suffered in the third quarter of the game against the Lakers on January 2nd. So, you know, there were times when it appeared he may be close to coming back, but I have to wait and see just exactly where he's, he's at. Uh, I spoke to him about it um, in Toronto. He said he was getting closer, but he couldn't really give an indication. There were hamstrings. There's no clear-cut test uh, in terms of, like, imaging or, like, x-rays to be able to show exactly uh, the progress, per se, of the injury. But so it, it basically comes down to the athlete trying to tell you exactly how he feels. So until Gordon Haywood, you know, gives him the thumbs up and says, I'm ready to go, it's going to be wait and see time for the Hornets. You know, you throw in Cody Martin, who has some soreness as well, um, which, you know, Steve Clifford attributed to not having really a training camp. I mean, if you think about it, you said that's kind of stuff guys get in training camp when you're trying to get your body right to play in NBA minutes. And Cody didn't have a training camp because he was banged up and he didn't have a lot of on-court ramp-up time after his arthroscopic surgery to be able to get himself physically right the way that I'm sure he he, he wanted to. He, he got there a little bit and, and close to it, but like anything else, when you haven't played for a while, um, you play those, those long NBA minutes, your body gets sore, so he's dealing with that. I guess the one positive is Kelly Oubre. Um, he was working out a little bit in Houston. He's with the team on his road trip. So even though he still has a, a split on his left hand, and, you know, can't shoot with it. He's doing layups, um, on-court work, conditioning stuff. So that bodes well for his potential um, coming back, which at this point seems like it's probably maybe about a month away. Um, I still have to just kind of monitor where he's at and kind of give you his status reports as we go along here. But, I mean, the injuries have just been nonstop for the Hornets. It feels like they will never, ever get healthy this season. And even if they do, it won't last for very long. Because as they come up here on a trade deadline and are one of the league's worst teams record-wise, it's going to soon come down to decision time for the organization about which direction they want to head. Do they break it all the way down or do they, you know, just make sure that they get what they can for the pieces that can fetch you the best assets in return. So the Hornets, it's just one of those seasons for them where nothing is going right injury wise or anything. So it's hard to believe this team has won multiple games just once all season. But yes, that's the case. And with the way things are going right now, it appears that might be the way for the rest of the season. It is now time, ladies and gents, for one of my favorite parts of the pod, and that is the mailbag that I enjoy interacting with you guys and gals as fans. So let's get right to it. And the first question comes from Twitter from Ray Knott. And his Twitter handle is at cat from DE. And his question is, are the Hornets sellers at the trade deadline? And the answer to that, Ray, is absolutely. Now, does that mean they're going to have a fire sale? Does that mean they're going to trade away some of their better, um, you know, young prospects? 
players. I'm not sure that's the case. Um, anybody who's followed Mitch Kupchak's career knows here with the Hornets that he does not do very many blockbuster type deals during the regular season. He kind of waits for the offseason to kind of sifts through offers and kind of picks and chooses um, things that he may like, but there's no definitive way anybody can say for sure that they're going to just start trading a bunch of guys off just because. They obviously have a couple of players who could be very useful to other teams like Kelly Oubre. You know, he's a really good player for the Hornets. He likes Charlotte and told me many times he enjoys being here and wants to kind of stay here long-term, but obviously it's a business. So if a team feels they can have Kelly come in and help them um, either as a starter or off the bench and give him some firepower to playoffs, then as a, as a Hornets, you know, you have to make that move. And again, you can always resign Kelly if you really want to bring him back, but you know, you have to be able to make that move and get an asset for him, whether it's a draft pick or another player or something like that. So same thing for Mason Plumlee. Mason Plumlee's in the last year of his contract and Mason's having a career season. He's getting a lot of double doubles um, out there. He's really paired well with LaMelo ball. And he's, um, you know, obviously we, we know that he's not a great rim protector, but he kind of is what he is. And he's been effective for the Hornets at times when he's been out there enough to have a career year. So if a team again comes calling and the Hornets say, you know what, um, we have two young guys behind him that we have to start looking at anyway, and Mark Williams and Nick Richards, I can definitely see the Hornets trying to make a move there. But again, it doesn't mean because the opportunities, opportunities are there that, Mitch Kupchak will go ahead and pull the trigger. It's going to depend on exactly what he thinks these players that he's trying to potentially um, you know, offload are worth. And if he can't get back what he wants, then he might have to mull over to the deadline itself and then figure out if it's worth it to kind of just hold on to those guys and you know keep moving on. But I'd be surprised if the Hornets don't make at least one move because when you're one of the worst teams in the league and you're looking toward the future um, and you're probably going to start breaking down at some point to start playing younger players. It makes a lot of sense for you to be able to move pieces to be able to get something back. So therefore you can continue your build around the mellow ball. So thank you very much. Cat from DE slash Raynaud uh, for the question. Appreciate that one. All right. And next question. It comes from... Mike, and it's at M23AIK. And the question is, do you think Steve Clifford's job could be in jeopardy after the season, even if he only has been here one season? And the answer to that is no. And I'll say the reasoning behind that for a couple of different um, aspects twofold per se first the hornets have had a inordinate amount of injuries and as much as we want to say that's not an excuse it kind of is when you consider that the coach came in here late um and the offseason has really didn't have a chance to actually see his team in full the entire year going up to this point in the season because of just the amount of injuries they'd have to deal with for the most part. It's, it's been wild. So he gets a pass in that regard because you know that if 
they had their full roster. Like for example, the first first week plus of the season, the Hornets were three and three. They didn't have Lamelo. They're missing Terry Rozier as well. You know, they missed a couple of their guys. So if you look back at them being around a 500 team, they, they probably would have been that same way if they had their full roster available. Does it mean they would have been a great team? No. But the point being is that it's not Steve Clipper's fault that they've been so banged up. If you want to call them out a couple different decisions, I guess you can, but that's really being really nitpicky. Second reason he's not getting, not going anywhere is because in case you forgot, the Hornets are still paying James Borrego. The first year of his contract extension kicked in this season. So if you get rid of Steve Clifford, you're going to pay three coaches' salaries? I don't think so. So while I appreciate the question, um, that's one that um, sometimes when it comes to the coaches, you know, scout per se, and if he's going to be on a chopping block, it's way too premature to place blame on Steve Clifford's shoulders in my mind. You have to give him some time to see his full team and then kind of go from there. But thanks again for the question because once again, you make me think and break it down for you guys. So I hope that you enjoy one of my favorite parts of the pod in the mailbag. Thank you guys very much for submitting your questions and look forward to doing it again next week. Now, I had a chance to chat with Dennis Smith Jr. I had a good five minutes with him. Um, once again, was gracious of his time as teammates were all around him cracking jokes and doing um, wild different things. So we had a really good chat about just where things are at with him, um, you know, playing with LaMelo Ball, how much he enjoys playing for, you know, Coach Clifford, all different things. So I want to bring you guys the interview, and here it is right now. All right, I'm joining my Dennis Smith Jr. Thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate your time. Sure. First, the season for you, man. How would you describe? Don't leave me, bro. <laughs> my bad. Don't leave me, bro. Hold up. All right. How do you describe the season for you, man? Um, not being able to kind of get going the way you want to until you know recently, I guess. Um. Shit, bro. It's just like life. Um. Come out start of the year, we was doing really good. Uh, I was playing well for the team, and then uh, I had an injury. Came back early. Another one came back early, then another one. I'm sidelined for six weeks. I missed six weeks, and now I'm trying to regain rhythm. So, like I said, it's just like anything else where you you know you got to stay disciplined and stay committed to what you're doing, and you know it's gonna turn eventually. What was it like, profession wise, to not be able to get out there with your guys, especially when so many injuries out there, the team wasn't playing as well as they would like to out there, and couldn't do anything about it. Right. That's the that's the part that's depressing. Um, and the same thing, like I tell my pops, like. The sitting out part, it really it messed with me because I, I hold Coach Cliff in such a high regard. You know what I'm saying? And whenever I'm not able to go out and compete for him, you know, I feel like I'm letting him down. So that, that was the toughest part for me. I know finally, though, you had a chance to play with Melo, Melo a little bit out there. What's that yeah. been like to kind of have the same tandem in the backcourt with him? And how can you guys, you know, keep it going moving forward here? I think it's dope, man. Like, the way he plays the game, super talented. He brings a lot to our team. So, uh, whenever I can go out there and do things to help, like, relieve pressure off of him, you know, I think that'll only help him better, make him better, and it'll help our team. Is he even maybe better than what you thought? Like, what do you think about him before you even got here? Because I mean, obviously, there's different things on the outside. But when you, when, before you got here, what do you know about him, if anything? What do you, what's the pressure emotions you've been here with him? Well, I knew him, I knew him since he was, like, 12, 13, like, with the little cuss in his eyebrows and shit like that. 
me and his big brother is close, Lonzo. That's my dog. And uh, my pops and his pops used to be close. Like they used to talk on the phone and shit like that. So, uh, you know, we was already pretty familiar with uh, each other's backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We didn't know each other personally, but we were familiar with each other. And um, now that I get, I see that he really, you know, he really loved the game. Um, and he put more into it than what I think people give him credit for. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, shit, I'm a fan of him. And like I said, I believe he can help our team a lot. I can help our team as well. So, you know, it's going to turn. And then you, how do you help this team? What, what can you bring to this team that you have to be able to show that you can stick around? Um, just my ability to break the paint, uh, get guys involved, be a leader defensively. Um, I'm not shooting as well right now as I was at the beginning of the year, but uh, you know, like I said, I missed six weeks. It's gonna take some time. I just stay true to the work. It's gonna turn. So once I get that to start falling a little more often, uh, I think that'll be major. Just gonna ask about your shot. You working mm -hmm. hard in that man. Practice pregame. Yeah. How much work do you put in that to get your shot the way you want to? Because obviously that's one part of the game you want to improve out there. Right. Uh, I put in hella work. I put in hella work. That's why everybody on the team and the staff is like, bro, just keep shooting, keep shooting. And you know, it's tough. It's kind of tough now because I was shooting really well to start the year out. And I think uh, I just came back expecting to keep falling. And uh, that hasn't been the case, but it's an adjustment. You know, I'm out there playing with Melo and T-Row. That's something I wasn't doing earlier in the year. So uh, I just got to stay confident in it, man. I got a coach and I got teammates that believe in me. So that's going to make it easier for me. And I just got to keep letting them go. You mentioned different lineups. I mean, mm -hmm. how tough is that for you guys? I mean, on the outside, people think it's probably easier to just throw you in there, Melo in there, Cody in there. Yeah. How do, when you don't practice with those lineups, yep. like how does that work on the court in the game actually, man? You gotta have discipline, like game plan discipline. You gotta know what's going on, cause with me being a guy that's a that's viewed as a one-two, like a combo guard, sometimes I'm out there at the three. So now I gotta guard like a Jason Tatum or somebody like that at that one of those bigger wings. You know, I gotta know the, the details, I gotta know what they're doing on offense. I gotta know our offense from every position. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, you definitely gotta be locked in and it's it's it can be challenging, but I think I do a good job of managing it. Yeah, what is the most difficult task about coming into a new team and trying to basically fit in like you have so far this year? Um, well, it's not that tough for me, you know, because I've been kind of bouncing around. So my biggest thing, I just always be myself. Mm -hmm. You know, people usually end up uh, messing with it. I always got great relationships with all my teammates. So, you know, I just come in, I be myself, and I put my work in. I earn my respect, pay my dues, and shit, it just worked out for me. Yeah, how has it worked out so well for you in Charlotte, man? Did you think it would be this good, um, this soon, especially with Coach Clifford kind of embracing the way he has? Um, I didn't really have no idea, bro. Like, I, I, I don't come in anything with expectations, you know. <clears throat> like, I've been through a lot in the NBA. So... You know, I don't put expectations on people. You know, I don't I don't assume things. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I just be myself. And if, if I fit, then I fit. If I don't, then I don't. You know, but I I refuse to change who I am for anything. You know, I can't compromise that. And then last thing is tell me, just for you personally, the rest of the season, you guys have 30, 65 games left. What do you want to accomplish next? Hold on, bro. Next part. What do you want to accomplish? More wins. I want to start winning some uh, basketball games. That's the only thing I care about. So the Hornets got a rare couple of days in between games after Wednesday's win in Houston, they actually stayed overnight um, in Houston, which the team doesn't really do very often when they, especially when they have another game, in another city, you have to kind of get to where you have to go to. They stayed overnight in Houston, uh, flew to Atlanta on Thursday and took Thursday off 
And the plan is to practice on Friday leading into their game against the Hawks in Atlanta on Saturday. And the Hawks are actually um, turning things around slightly, it appears. They've won four straight games going into their matchup with the Knicks, which excuse me, which precedes their matchup with the Hornets on Saturday. The Knicks game in Atlanta comes Friday night. So it'll be a back-to-back for the Hawks there. And, you know, maybe the Hornets take advantage of that because, you know, they would have a couple of days off themselves. So they could be a little bit, um, you know, uh, maybe maybe not in, in the best of of game shapes per se because, you know, a couple of days, sometimes as an athlete, yeah, you want your body to heal back. But when you're in a rhythm and you, you're kind of playing every other day, um, you know, a couple of days off, kind of make you a little bit sluggish out there for the first quarter or so. So it'll be important for them to kind of come out and make sure they get up to a decent start against the Hawks because Atlanta, again, playing the previous night, uh, you might be able to kind of jump on them a little bit early as well and take advantage. So after the game against the Hawks, the four-game road trip continues with a back-to-back in Salt Lake City, Utah against the Jazz on Monday, followed by a date in... Phoenix against the Suns on Tuesday. So that's a really rough road trip the Hornets had to go to Houston and get that win is one thing. You know, Houston is not playing well, so it's not about um, that being a tough environment, but they're going west to Texas, coming back east to Georgia, then going back west to Utah and Phoenix. So really wild road trip for them to conclude um the middle part of, of, you know, January here, but after a couple of games, when they come back, it's back on the road for them again to the Midwest. So the Hornets, you know, it depends obviously on how they are in terms of their injuries and, and who's available, but um, schedule doesn't get any easier for them at all. That's why we can see, you know, this team only having 12 wins going into, you know, this point in the season, you know, won't, won't get any easier from that standpoint for them. From here on out, when you look at just the amount of stuff they're dealing with, it's just been a really, really crazy season for the Hornets. And we'll see if they can steal and win in Atlanta before they go out west and you know play those two games that are really, really tough on the schedule. So we'll see. Okay, time for this week's random stat. And this week, we're going to take a look at percentage of points the Hornets are scoring via free throws per game. That is 15.6, which ranks 22nd in the NBA. Anybody who follows this team closely knows the Hornets don't go to the free throw line very much. So getting only 15.6% of your points from the free throw line shows that you just have to be a little more aggressive inside to be able to get the referees and the officials to understand that you're trying to take the ball to the bucket and draw some contact and not just trying to draw contact like in a wild fashion, but trying to essentially get to the basket, but you're being thwarted um, while you're being fouled. That's kind of the goal. So the Hornets, that's been one of their, look, they've had several issues this year. We know that whether it's rebounding, defense, whatever. But I think that has to really improve for them over the next couple of seasons, especially when you have LaMelo Ball running the point guard. You know, you want to be able to 
get up and down the court, yes, but also create some easy buckets for yourself in other variety of ways. And to me, that's from the free throw line. So 15.6% of your points from the free throw line, ranking 22nd in the league, is not going to cut it. And that's not the reason why the Hornets are having a really, really tough season. Well, so there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, Dennis Smith Jr. And thank you so very much for joining us latest after QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for special offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, till next time, we out.